today I want to um, uh, continue a series that I started a couple weeks ago. Uh, how many of you guys were here last week, by the way? Anybody here last week? Yeah. Hopefully you heard a great uh, message by a guy named Craig Rochelle. He's a great pastor. He taught a lesson uh, on the epidemic of apathy. The epidemic of apathy, and, and he, I, I loved it. When I heard that message, I thought, man, this is just for me, and it's, and it's going to apply to everybody else. And so hopefully you got a lot out of that message. I know uh, many of us uh, could probably relate to that um, and how we kind of live in a generation where it's like, what did he say? The eh, generation, eh, yeah, whatever, whatever happens. You know, no one really cares because we're kind of apathetic, right? And how to get out of that. And so I, I encourage you, if you didn't get to hear last week's lesson, uh, go on thousandhillsranch.church and listen to the audio online and listen to that message. It's just a powerful message. But um, a few weeks ago, I started a series called The Mental Game. The Mental Game. How godly thinking leads to godly living. And I introduced you to this human being right here. This guy's name is Brent Lewis. Um, Brent is a 11-time NFR qualifier in the calf roping. He has uh, won over $1.5 million uh, roping calves. Um, he was uh, he won the average in 2000 at the NFR. He won over $103,000 in 10 days that year. Just an amazing cowboy. Um, he's trained two calf horses of the year, and um, he's just an amazing guy. And a couple weeks ago when I started this series, I, um, I called him, and I was trying to get a hold of him to talk to to him and didn't get a hold of him, but this past week I actually got to visit with Brent Lewis, um, and it was an honor. I got to chat with him, and um, so here's what I I watched a video that he uh, created about calf roping, and part of that video talked about the mental game, the mental game of sports, the mental game of rodeo, and what that meant to him. And so I had the honor to actually talk to him this week and ask him about that. And, and I, I asked him, I said, how important is the mental game in the rodeo? And, and he said, and, and I'll quote him, he said, you know, when you get to the professional level and you get to the top 15, he said the mental game is 85 to 90 percent. 85 to 90 percent. Because if you put in, he said, you, if you put in all the hard work and you get to that level, then it's all right here. Winning happens in your mind. And, and he said this. He said, looking back, one of the reasons why maybe I didn't world or win the world was because I struggled in my mental game. I mean, he, he admitted to me. He said, man, I was hard-headed. I, uh, you know, had a temper that I lost sometimes. I focused in on the bad stuff, even expected the bad stuff to happen when I would go to a rodeo. He said, I struggled with that. And I remembered the failures and the misses more than I remembered the gold buckles and the winning. And he said, man, that's where I struggled. And I, I began to learn that, that you know what, that the top five guys, guess what? They have the mental game all figured out, and that's why they win. And, and he told me that. Um, and, and, and so here's the point. I believe that it works the same way in life. Not just in sports, even though it works in sports, but, but in life, it's all about the mental game. If you have a strong mental game, spiritually speaking, then we can think the way that God wants us to think, and we can live an honoring, God-honoring, victorious life. Amen? Amen. And I'll give you some good news. Um, just in the, the past few weeks, we've uh, put this online, and... Um, uh, we put it on Facebook, put a link on Facebook, and it's been shared over 68 
times. And we've reached over 18,000 people just in this one message. Is that good? Is God good? I'm telling you, we've had over 1,300 people in the last few weeks visit our website and listen to one of our messages online. And so, again, this is bigger than me. It's bigger than you. It's a God thing, and God is using it. So thank you for praying that God would use us and use our church. And so, again, it's all about the mental game. And and a a few weeks ago, the last time I, I taught, I talked about how, you know, how that mental game works. And, uh, you know, and so number one was this. And if you're taking notes, you can repeat these. This is what we covered a few weeks ago. But number one was this. How we think determines how we live. Let me say it again. How we think determines how we live. Here's what I've learned. Our thoughts can lead us to destruction, discouragement, defeat, all those things. Or our thoughts can lead us to life to peace, and to joy. Anybody with me? Anybody know that that's true? I, I think it's true because I've learned that from experience. And so if I'm thinking wrong, then I'm going to live wrong. If, if I, but if I'm thinking godly thoughts, then I can lead a right lifestyle. And so again, how we think determines how we live. Number two is this. The power of godly thinking comes from the power of God's word. The power of God's word. I don't know if you read the Bible or not, but again, here's what I've learned. I can't change myself. Again, this is not about me changing me. This is about God changing me. And you know how he does it? He does it through his word. I don't just, you know, think happy thoughts and, you know, go to my happy place and, you know, think about butterflies and my favorite lollipop, you know. I don't just go to those little positive thinking ideas. I go to the word of God and that's what changes my life. And so the power of godly thinking comes from the power of God's word. And number three was this, and this was my favorite one. Thinking right comes from talking to myself, not listening to myself. I love this one because oftentimes I feel like I listen to myself. I hear the lies, you know, of the devil. I hear the lies of the world, and I think to myself, I think you're the you're the worst father out there. I mean, you, you didn't you didn't preach very good, or you didn't do this or that, and I have these doubts and I have these fears and all this other stuff enters into my mind. If I listen to myself, I believe it, and then it conquers me. Anybody been there? Can you raise your hand and relate to me? Absolutely. It conquers me. But if I begin to actually talk to myself and I apply God's word in my phrasing, in my in my speech to myself, guess what? I can overcome it every time because I, I speak truth over my life. And I share with you, um, I preach to myself. Again, I, I wake up most mornings, not every morning, but I wake up most mornings. I go to my office and I get on my knees and I and I preach like 15 or 20 things to myself, and I say them out loud. I am a, I'm a child of God Almighty. I, I will not make decisions out of fear. I'll make them out of faith. I, I will lead my family and, and love my wife. I'll serve my wife. I'll, and I say those things to myself. I'm the man God called to lead this church. I don't have to prove myself to anybody, but I will serve people out of love for them and love for God. I mean, and, and I will succeed with Christ. I have all the things I need to succeed with him. And so I begin to preach to myself and I use the word of God to create these uh, truths that I preach to myself. And you say, well, why do you do that? Well, 
here, here's what I struggle with, and I shared this last time. I, you know, I, I began to think, God, I don't know how long I can do this. I don't know how long I can minister and, and go through all the stuff that comes along with pastoring. And, and God spoke back to me, and he said, Bo, I don't want you to change what you do. I want you to change how you think about what you do. And, it, and it's revolutionized my life. Again, I, you can look at anything. Maybe you, you, again, you have cancer. I just visited with a friend of mine. She has cancer. She's, she's got it full blown, but how she thinks about her cancer is whether she's really defeated or not. I'm just, and and can, you, can you take away cancer? Sure. Can you go through all the, you know, all the stuff to take it away and, and you know, become clear of it? Yes, but it's how you think about that that is going to have you you know really get you to victory or not and so i preached to myself and it's changed my life and so today i want to share another truth about you know having a strong mental game so that we can live a victorious life in our thoughts and in our in our minds and so number four is this the mental battles are won when we know our draw and prepare to win let me say it again Mental battles are won when we know our draw and we prepare to win. So here's the illustration. So if you go to a rodeo and you're a contestant in the rodeo, usually the people that are organizing the rodeo, they have a hat. They put numbers in a hat. And if you're in the calf rope and they put so many numbers on the calves and then they begin to draw out a number and they give you that number of that, you know, that calf's number. And so that calf is your draw, whatever that number is. If it's number six, I drew number six. And then I, ha- I get to rope that calf. Or if it's a bull, I pull a, you know, a bull's name or a number out of a hat. And that's my draw, right? And so what do cowboys do when they get to the rodeo? They want to know what their draw is because if they can figure out what their draw is or you know, what animal it is, then they can go to that rodeo contractor and say, hey, how's this calf run? How's this bull buck? How's this bronc ride? What do they do? I mean, does this calf, you know, does it come out of the chute real hard or does it take its time and, and just slowly come out of the chute? How does this bull buck? Does it buck and spin in circles or does it blow up and then cover a bunch of ground? They want to know the, their, their opponent's pattern of, of how they act, right? Why? So that they can plan better and win. So that they can prepare themselves to say, this, this calf's going to run real hard. i got to get out of the box, and i got to catch it, right? So you say, well, what's the point? Well, it's the same way. I, I talked to Brent Lewis, and I said, hey, Brent, you know, how important is the draw? And this is his answer. He said, for me, and a lot of people disagree with me, he said, the only thing I wanted to know about my draw was the start. The start. He said, was the calf a runner out of the box or was he slow out of the box? Other than the start, he said, the draw made no difference to me. Can I just tell you that's spoken right like a real cowboy? Because, <laughs> I mean, once the start, once you get out of the start, it's all just the hard work that you've done before to prepare to flank that calf and to get that calf roped and all the other stuff. And so he said, the difference, I mean, it made no difference to me what the draw was other than the start. He said this, if I could get a good start, everything else was just going to happen the way that it happens and all the hard work was going to show. And he said, hey, some days you draw real good. Some days you draw terrible, but it's all about a good start. And so here's the point. Brent, Brent went on to say, he said, you know what? And he told me, and he, was, he began to preach to me, which I thought was cool. He said, it's the same way in life. 
He said, it's all about the start. And he said this, he said, and the start is having Jesus Christ in your life. Yeah. Here's what he said. He said, if, I, if we can get that part right, then everything else really doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, everything else is just going to happen the way whatever God wants it to happen. And we get to have our strength and our power in Jesus Christ. And so here's the point. As believers, if we're going to win the mental battles of life, then we have to know our draw. In other words, we have to know who our opponent is. You say, well, who's our opponent? Well, I'll give you the answer. It's the devil. It's the devil. It's his followers. The devil, in 1 Peter 5, 8, listen to what it says. It says, be alert and of sober what? Mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Your battle is against the devil. And guess what? Just like that calf, guess what? You know, when you ask that uh, rodeo contractor, what's this calf do? He can tell you. Because if he's seen that calf run 10 or 20 times, that calf has a pattern, right? That calf has a pattern. It always comes out flying. I mean, maybe once out of the 10, it doesn't. But nine times out of 10, that calf's going to come out flying because it has a pattern. And, and if we, can I just tell you this? It's the same way with the devil. How many of you guys have been defeated the same way mentally about 100 times? The same way. <laughs> So here's the point. If I can figure out my draw, which is what the devil and how he attacks me, guess what? I can have a plan and I can overcome and I can win. Amen? I can win. And so the first part of the truth today is we must know our draw. The second part of the truth is we must prepare to win. You have to prepare, you have to practice to actually be able to win. Look at 1 Peter 1.13. It says, so prepare your minds for what? For action and exercise self-control. And so you said, well, how do I prepare myself to dominate the devil? How do I prepare to win? Well, just like Brent Lewis said, it starts with Jesus. It starts with knowing Jesus. And then once you give your life to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes into your life, guess what? The Holy Spirit can change the way that you think. I'm telling you, it works. You say, why would I want to know Jesus? Well, first of all, he forgives you of your sin and he gives you eternal life, which is enough. Amen. Then once you become a Christian and you give your life to him, he can change the way that you think. Therefore, changing the way that you live. Therefore, changing your life. Giving, I mean, giving you new life. Listen to what Romans 12, 2 says. It says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let who? Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Changing the way that you think. God wants to change you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Listen, some of you are here today and you're, you're discouraged. You're defeated. You, you are in the same you know, cycle of discouragement or depression, and you, you come here seeking help. Can I just give you uh, some, great news, some great news? Jesus is your help. He's the one who can overcome what you're going through. You have ultimate authority. You have the ultimate power to be changed by Jesus Christ. He wants to make you into a new person, and he can do it. You can't do it on your own. Only he 
can do it. And so a part of that changing the way we think, here's what I've learned, is making sure that we're led by the right thing. I want you to listen to Romans 8. Look at it with me. It says this. It says, those who are dominated by the, the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that what? That please the spirit. So let your sin, or so letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. You see what that is? You are in a battle. Guess what? Your sinful nature versus the Holy Spirit. And get, you say, what's the sinful nature? Well, it's that nature that you're born with. I mean, we're all born evil. Again, I describe kids and you think, well, they're just sweet little, you know, you know, just beautiful little beings. Well, no, they're little sinful beings. Can I get an amen? I mean, it's Father's Day. It's okay. I mean, they're little sinful beings. And so we're all born with this sinful nature to want to do what's wrong, to want to lie, to want to cheat. To not want to get in trouble, so I'm going to lie to dad, or you know, whatever. We're all born with that, and that's called our sinful nature. And guess what? It never goes away. But when you accept Jesus into your life, and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, guess what? You can overcome your sinful nature and the thoughts that, that the sinful nature puts in your mind. I mean, when you want to do that, whatever's wrong, when you want to think those sinful thoughts, the Holy Spirit it can, can change the way that you think. And so you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And you say, what does it look like to be led by the Holy Spirit or controlled by the Holy Spirit? Well, here's, the, here's what I want to, I'll give you the answer. When it comes to your thoughts and, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are able to take captive every thought that you have. Instead of it taking captive of your thoughts and t- taking captive of your life, you can take captive of your thoughts. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10. It gives you the answer. It says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. To make it obedient to Christ. Here's the powerful truth. And you need to get this. If you know Jesus. If you have the Holy Spirit living in your life. Guess what? You have the power to overcome the devil. And guess what? It's a spiritual battle. I'll give you an example. I mean the the devil. Again I've told you before. He loves to attack me in the night. Like I'll wake up some mornings early and, and he starts attacking me. You're a sorry father. You're a horrible preacher. You screwed up when you did the counseling for that couple or, you know, whatever. And he just starts attacking me. And here's what I've learned. If I turn the TV on, if I get on my computer, if I get on Facebook, if I get on those other things, guess what that does? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it prolongs the attack. Because the attack is always still there when I get off of Facebook. The attack, the attack mentally. But here's what I've learned. If I will go to God's word and I will begin to proclaim the truth of God's word and I'll begin to read it to myself, guess what? I can overcome those thoughts every stinking time. Amen? I'm telling you. 
I mean, telling you this is powerful stuff because it works every time. And you say, does it work instantly? Sometimes. Does it take an hour sometimes? Yeah. Does it take four hours sometimes? Yeah. But guess what? Every time that I've turned to the truth of God's word, I've overcome every wrong thought that I've had. Every time. And so, so many people are like, hey, I'm just going to, you know, just go be busy. I'm going to pour myself into work. I'm gonna just going to drink a little bit more. I'm just going to, you know, go out there and find a relationship and have a fling and all this stuff. And that's going to satisfy and get rid of those wrong thoughts. Guess what? It'll never do it. Remember, the Bible says we don't wage war like the world does, but we wage war with the supernatural power of Jesus and the Holy Spirit living in our lives. I don't, you don't need to know anything else other than that truth because that is powerful. But here's the thing. You say, Bo, how do I dominate my thoughts rather than my thoughts dominating me? I'm going to end with this. Two questions. You ready? And this is where you may need to take notes. And this is where you, you may need to go home and make your own list. But the first question is this. What negative thoughts dominate my thinking? Think about it. Maybe you need to go home, make a list. What negative thoughts? I'm, I get stressed when this happens. I get, you know, when, when somebody says this, it, it, it makes me upset. When, you know, when I hear this, when, you know, this lie comes in and you just begin to think about those things. You know, when I see this, when I watch this, when I'm around these people, I, I think this. And you begin to say, what negative thoughts dominate your thinking? And then you ask the second question. What spiritual truth will demolish those thoughts? Again, you say, I, I think negative all the time. I think, you know, I'm a sorry preacher. I think I'm a sorry father. Well, that's the negative that's in my life. But what spiritual truth will demolish those thoughts? And I shared with you some of the things that I preach to myself. I want to give you some examples maybe you need to take home. Ready? You may think, well, I'm worthless. I can't do anything right. You may be a kid and your parents don't encourage you. And you think, I'm worthless. I can't do anything right. You know what you need to begin to say to yourself and say to the devil? Devil, shut your pie hole. It's okay. It's the devil. Devil, shut your pie hole. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am made by God. I am a perfect masterpiece. Amen? Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10 says that. Maybe your thoughts are, I have to keep up with the Joneses or I won't be cool. Maybe that's what you struggle with, materialism. Maybe you need to begin to think, I am content in Christ alone. I will, and he will provide for my every need and bless me however he sees fit. And I don't have to impress anybody. Amen? Maybe your struggle is, you know, people are horrible. They're so mean. I, I don't like people. Maybe you need to change the way that you think and say, I'm determined that I will love people as Christ loves me, no matter how they treat me. Again, do you see the difference? How you change the way that you think? Maybe you say, but, you know, I, I, I'm never going to be happy. Maybe you need to change the way that you think and say, my joy is found in the Lord. And because of him, I am, I can rejoice. Maybe, maybe you're like me and, and you think, well, you know, I have no self-control. I will always overeat. Anybody with me? How many, yeah. How many people love banana splits? Come on now. Yeah. 
And so maybe you're thinking, man, I, you know, I just, I'm always going to overeat. I, I see the food and I just eat it. Maybe you need to think like this. I have self-control. And through Christ, I can overcome the temptation to overeat. Again, maybe that's what you struggle with. Maybe you, you think thoughts like, I'm, my past is always going to be, you know, rule my life. I've screwed up way too bad. Maybe you need to rethink that and say, I'm forgiven. I am a new creation in Christ. I'm free from my past because there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes. Maybe you're a man in the house and you you need to start saying things to yourself like this. I am the son of the king of kings. I am not a self-made man, but give God all the glory for everything that I have. I will lay down my pride and serve my wife and my family. I will lead my family to love Jesus by praying with them and reading them the word of God. I will fight for purity by guarding my eyes and my heart from the tempting things that are in the world. I am not defined by my failures. I'm not even defined by my successes, but by God's love for me. Again, maybe that's... Yeah. Maybe that's what the, maybe some of you men struggle with. I'll, I'll try to speak to the women, and I don't know how to speak the language of women, <laughs> but I'm going to try to do it anyways. But maybe, you, maybe girls, listen, maybe you say, man, I, you know, that girl is so pretty. I wish I had her body. Again, maybe you need to rethink that and say, I'm a daughter of the king of kings, and he made me beautiful just the way that I am. Psalm 139 says that. Maybe, ladies, you think, I'm not pretty enough for someone to like me. I'm never going to get married. No, listen. Maybe you need to tell the devil to be quiet. Shut your, shut your pie hole. Again, I just like saying that. Shut your pie hole, devil. I am loved by my Father in heaven, and he is enough for me. And in his perfect timing, he will provide the perfect person to spend the rest of my life with. You see the difference? It can change your life. Maybe you struggle with negative thoughts and you, you say, I'm so negative. Why do I say these things all the time? You need to start saying this. I will speak encouraging, life-giving words and build others up. Maybe you're a parent and, and you think in your mind sometimes, why did I ever have kids? <laughs> I'm just, that's just being real. You know what I'm saying? My kids aren't in here, so it's It's okay. But maybe you need to rethink that and say, you know what? Guess what? Every child is a gift from God. Every child is a gift of God. Maybe you're a parent and you need to begin to think this. God has given me everything I need to teach my kids about him. I am capable of leading with love, with the love of Christ rather than the fear of messing them up. I, I, I will encourage and train and instill God's word in my children. I will be patient and kind because the Holy Spirit helps me. I will pray for my children because God hears my prayers. Again, maybe you need to pray that as a prayer, as, as, a, as a prayer over your own life. Maybe the last thing, you struggle maybe with an addiction. And you need to begin to, to proclaim God's truth over that addiction. Maybe you need to pray things like this or say these out loud to yourself every day. God always provides a way out and I will take it. I mean, that's, second, that's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Maybe you need to say, I'm free from sin's trap through the power of Jesus. No temptation is greater than God. Are you with me? 
I mean, maybe you need to you know, say, help me, God. I, I, I ask you to help me. Jesus, your name is above all my addiction. I submit to God and resist the devil. Again, maybe those are things that you need to make and put on your list. But here's what I'm learning. The power of God's word, the power of the truth, of the, of the power of God's word, and, and the Holy Spirit living in us can change our lives. John 8, 32, I'll end on this. And you will know the what? The truth, and the truth will set you free. You know what that means? We can win in the middle game. I'm winning in the middle game because of the truths that God has shown me. The question is for you, will you win? The mental game? Or will you? Here, here's another thing. I want to leave you with this. Don't get out of this world and don't complain about things that you don't show up to fight. Here's the thing that I've learned. A lot of people lose by forfeit because they never showed up and fought. Their, they, their, their battle is always, you know, getting the best of them because they're uncontested. The battle is uncontested. They don't even show up to fight the battle. Or they show up with the wrong weapons. So don't do that. Don't allow the devil to get the best of you when you have the power of God to change your life. And he can do it. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. We're going to close it out today. And again, we don't, we don't call people to the front. Don't worry. We're not going to embarrass anybody. But I want you to bow your head and close your eyes so that maybe you can concentrate just a little bit. Maybe you can hear the voice of God just a little bit better. But here's the questions that I have. What, what about you? Do you need to change the way that you think? Do you need to allow God to uh, demolish the strongholds that are in your mind? Guess what? He can do it. And he wants to do it. All we have to do is surrender our lives to him and then begin to speak his truth from his word over our lives. Here's the truth. We're going to face battles for the rest of our life. I mean, you, until you leave this world, you're going to have mental battles, physical battles, whatever they are, you're going to face battles. But here's the awesome truth. You can overcome them through the power of Jesus. You know how I know that? Because ultimately, Jesus is in control of the draw. You say, I don't know about that. I mean, the devil seems to be pretty in control of the world. Well, God has allowed the devil to rule in this world. But everything that the devil throws against us, guess what? He has to ask permission. And so ultimately, the God of the universe controls the draw. And so you need to trust in God because he is the one who has the ultimate authority over the devil. And so maybe you need to make a commitment today. You say, what would that... What would that be, Bo? What, what commitment should I make today? Or what, what, you know, what should I say? And what should I ask the Lord? Well, maybe you just need to pray something like this. Lord, I need you to change the way that I think. Lord, I know that I can't do it on my own. 
So I'm asking you, through the power of your word and through the power of the Holy Spirit, to change the way that I think. Lord, when I struggle, when the devil starts, you know, starts attacking me, help me not to turn to the things of this world, but to turn to the things that are, that are supernatural, that have divine power so that I can overcome those thoughts. Lord, I commit to doing whatever it takes, whether it's beginning to read my Bible, to come to church more often than I do, to, to, to pray every day, to, to fill my life with truth rather than the lies of the world. I commit to do all of those things so that I can be victorious through your strength. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer of commitment. No one's looking around. I'm not going to point you out or anything. But how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo? I struggle with mental, mental battles. Would you just raise your hand? Anybody? Yeah, all over the barn. Can I just challenge those of you that just raised your hand? Will you make a commitment today to go home and make a list of those two questions? What are the negative thoughts that, that, that always attack you, that always get the best of you, and then make a list from God's word and, and make a list of the things that can demolish those wrong thoughts? And then take it a step further, write them out, and then begin to speak those truths over your life every day. You say, but I don't know if I can do that. Well, you can. You can, and it will change your life if you begin to do it. It doesn't have to be a short list. It can be 40 things. It can be 100 things. It really doesn't matter. You begin to speak those things out loud to yourself, and God will change your life. Nobody's looking around, but how many of you guys would say, you know what, Bo, I'm going to do that. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to do that. I'm going to go home. I'm going to make a list of the negative thoughts, and I'm going to make a, a list of the, the truths from God's word that are going to demolish those negative thoughts. Thank you. All across the barn, thank you. It'll change your life, I promise. Some of you are here today, and you've never given your life to Jesus. In other words, you've never asked him to forgive you of your sin and come into your life. Listen, you can do that today as well, because that's where it starts. You, you'd say, well, I'm, I pray all the time. Well, do you know Jesus? Do you just pray into the, to the air or, you know, just, just praying because? Or do you truly have a personal relationship with Jesus? You say, well, how do, I, how do I find that? Well, Jesus died on a cross for your sins. And in the Bible, it says in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you'll confess with your mouth, again, that confession You'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. You will be saved. And so some of you are here today and you need to begin that relationship with Jesus. By confessing him as your Lord and Savior. Believing in your heart that he died and that he rose from the dead. So that you can have that personal one-on-one -on -one relationship and find the power, the supernatural power to live a life that honors him. And so maybe you need to pray something like this. Maybe you're just sitting there in your chair and you need to maybe pray something in your heart like this. Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know that you died on the cross for my sins. I know that you rose from the dead 
And because of that, I know I can be forgiven. And so I'm asking you, please forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and save me. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the very first time. I'm telling you, it's the best decision that you'll ever make in your life. The best decision. And now you have began a personal relationship with Jesus. And now it's time to live for him. And you say, Bo, what's the next step? Well, Jamie's going to come. She's going to share with you how you can connect with our church and how we can help you grow in your new relationship with Christ. Lord, I come to you right now, and I thank you for the opportunity to share truth today. I thank you for the power of, of, of godly thinking. I thank you for the power of your, your word. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. And Lord, I thank you that you have changed some people's lives today. You've given them eternal life, and you're changing the way that they think. And so, Lord, thank you for that. We give you all the glory. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen.